We got like all the things happening at the Durham Bulls Athletic Park next summer. We'll tell you about that. MLB playoffs are getting ready to get started here. And oh yeah, Aaron Judge is your new home run king of the American League. Let's log on to the internet, shall we? What's Trending is brought to you by Geico. you got a choice of ways that you can save on car insurance. Call 1-800-947-AUTO. Go online to geico.com or stop by the Geico office nearest you. Let's get it. The American basketball audience got their first look at Victor Wembanyama last night, Joe. The seven foot five Frenchman. The French Wamba. Scored 37 points, made seven three-pointers. His team fell short, though, against the G League Ignite, led by Scoot Henderson. Not the point. 122-115 in overtime. But, yeah, Wembanyama. They keep scores in those games? Because all, all I saw were highlights of this dude. Well, two, two at least here. First of all, when you're 7'5", you, you probably can block a shot or two. So I believe Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted out earlier today that in talking around the league – tanking started last night that basically this guy shows up they get one glimpse at him a seven five guy with handles shooting threes and it was like okay we are ready to tag already and his agent told Woj last night that, that he will he will play this season he will not shut down after last night's performance <laughs> he, he should i let's, let's go out go out on one of the greatest probably, mixtapes of all time it's probably not the worst idea <laughs> I love the NBA, man. The NBA is in a really, really weird spot where there's an there's I'm not saying the total audience, but a good chunk of the audience cares way more about what happens off the court than what actually happens on the court. Right now, there's an argument to be made that as things progress into the future and everything's multi-platform, that engagement matters. And you know what? The NBA has engagement down pat. It is October 4th. We're in the middle of the football season, and my timeline this morning was filled with French Wamba highlights and people freaking out. So not too shabby. Although there was another guy who uh, was getting some love last night. Scoot Henderson. No, 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 no. Some other guy's last name. Uh, oh, yeah, hit that one. From the 92ers, from the, uh, yes. Yeah, I believe his last name is... Ho, you fat? Do we have a highlight of that? Do we get a proper pronunciation on this? Hit a three-pointer last night, apparently. Here we go with the call. So that was uh, Wembenyama. Do we have? Do we have the other gentleman? Ho, you fat? Hit a three last night. Assault, curling off the screen, driving baseline. Oh, you fat with a three. Yes, I just said that. That is that man's name. Don't tweet at me. I don't want to tweet from anybody. That's you the man's could. name. Now, look. He's 34 years old. His name is Steve. Yes, S-T-E-E-V-E. Uh-huh. And then, ho, you fat, like you sound, like it sounds like okay. H-O space uh-huh. Y-O-U space fat, F-A-T. And this is not a he hate me situation. Yeah, this is his actual last name. He is from uh, Cayenne, French Guiana, 34 years old. Steve. Oh, you fat. Look, it's important to be culturally aware. Last names might sound interesting to English-speaking audiences. And in this particular case, I feel for any play-by-play person for keeping a straight face. 
while saying that. Next up. One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. Hope y'all like Baker Mayfield. Because Baker Mayfield ain't going anywhere with the Carolina Panthers. So this week, uh, it's turned a corner with the discussion in Charlotte as to who should be quarterback. They don't have a choice. Uh, Sam Darnold is still hurt. He's coming out the IR, but he's not close to coming back. And Matt Rule was asked about this Monday during his press availability uh, about Baker still being QB. Well, there's not a lot of options, so I'm not quite sure what Matt Rule is going to say. I think Baker's our quarterback. You know, we have to we have to um, you know continue to find ways to help him and then uh, help help the other guys. You know, um, uh, you know Sam's uh, Sam's not cleared right now. You know, and um, uh, you know we're just going to keep trying to get better. Yeah, that, that's not a, really a lot of confidence from Matt Rule on this one. Now, objectively speaking, has Baker Mayfield been good? No, he has not. But are you sitting here telling me that Sam Donald's going to give the Panthers a better chance to win? Have we stopped and thought for a second that maybe, just maybe, the problems for the Carolina Panthers go deeper than just who the quarterback is? Play calling might matter. Um, there's been I've it's it's a Wednesday in between NFL games and the armchair all 22 quarterbacks are out in full force and they have been dissecting Carolina Panthers and their inability to find open receivers. Is that on Baker Mayfield? Is that on Ben McAdoo and what he wants to do? The batted balls? All right, well, if it's a problem, do you coach around that? I think there's just as much on Ben McAdoo, the offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers, as there is on Baker Mayfield. And I'm sorry, I'm telling you, if your solution to what's going on at Carolina is to put Sam Darnold back out there, well, then you might as well start tanking for the French Wamba as well. Because I'm not quite sure what the Panthers are going to get that's going to solve their problems in one fell swoop. But you know what? Dreamers can dream. Hey, you get a new coach. You get C.J. Stroud as your quarterback. We'll see. Look pretty good. We'll see. Next up. The baseball playoffs are set. Joe, the Dodgers are the number one seed in the National League with the Atlanta Braves, the NL East champions. That means we will have a slap bet payoff coming our way. The Mets are the four seed. They'll open the wild card round against the Padres. The other wild card in the National League is the Phillies against the Cardinals. The Yankees are the two seed in the American League. They'll take on the winner of the Indians Rays. Astros number one seed nail taking on the best of three winner in the Jays Mariners. Mariners in the playoffs. First time in 20 plus years, Joe. Has it been that long? It's been a minute. Jeez. I don't know. To me, the Mariners are still, you know, one of those teams that won the, the most amount of regular season games. They, and they, well, that and, is them. And, and that that is them. But that was like 20 years ago. Let's get the exact year for you. How do you like this format, though? The, the wild card has gone from the one-off, yeah. just one game, to a best of three, all in the same park. I'm much okay with that. I'm much okay. more okay with that. I was always I always had an issue with the wild card one-off because it's... That's and, not baseball. It's not baseball. Yeah. And I always find it strange that me... The, the the person who likes to go about things a little bit differently had to remind baseball, hey guys, your entire your, your entire sport is based on series. Even in the regular season, you don't do one offs. Like what are we talking about here? So it, it never made any sense to me. So I'm glad they've actually tweaked that. And there's a best of five Mariners first playoff game since 2001. Gah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Next up, number two. All the things happening at the Durham Bulls Athletic Park, speaking of baseball, 
So it's been announced in the last couple of days that the Durham Bulls will be hosting the Savannah Bananas next July. If you're not familiar with the Bananas, they're kind of like the Harlem Globetrotters of baseball. It's a minor league team. They were part of the Coastal Plain League, but now they're going like full-on independent. And they're going to be bringing their shenanigans to the Durham Bulls Athletic Park. And now we have to find a way to be involved with this. I'm okay with dancing on the baseball field if I have to. I'm laughing, though, because at what point does the Harlem Globetrotters reference become dated? Right? When you're trying to appeal to young people, it's almost like you should say they're the dude perfect of baseball. Yeah. Wow. Now, thank you for making me feel even older, Jillio. (laughs) It's usually your job to tell me. Yeah, but. no. Well, that's the look. You know my feelings on things like Dude Perfect or Mr. Beast and those types of guys. They're just jackass for oh, YouTube. Dude yeah. Perfect. They don't physically hurt themselves, though. There's there's more of a a skill there. I, mean, I watched I watched some of that Amazon stuff. They were doing some shenanigans that they were contorting themselves. Just saying. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. So yes, the Savannah Bananas are the YouTube baseball team. <laughs> they are the viral sensations. They are going to be a lot of fun, and hopefully we'll be out there. Also, it's two hours. That's why I love it even more. Get me there. <laughs> that's right. You know, And you can if you catch a foul ball, that person's out. I love that. So the Savannah Bananas are coming to Durham in July, and in May, the ACC Baseball Jamboree will be coming back to the Durham Bulls Athletic Park. That's always a lot of fun. We'll be out there, I'm sure, doing shows. So lots of happenings for the back-to-back International League champs. Next up. The number one story of the day. We're number one. We're number one. All rise. Aaron Judge is your home run king of the American We'll discuss next. Aaron Judge's 62nd home run ball. Very hot commodity. It will continue to be a hot commodity because 62 is it. Aaron Judge not in the lineup today for the New York Yankees as they start getting ready for the playoffs. According to the New York Post, one person has already offered to pay $2 million for this ball. J.P. Cohen President of Memory Lane Auctions in Tustin, California, previously said he'd immediately pay $2 million for that ball. Cohen told the Post today that his $2 million offer stands, and he's trying to get in touch with the fan who caught the ball. That gentleman's name is Corey Eumanns. I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. He is a Dallas Investment Vice President. That's, that's the guy who caught the ball and asked what he was going to do with the ball, uh, humans said, that's a good question. I haven't thought about it upon a follow-up question where he was asked if he was going to keep the ball or give it back to judge humans who had been sporting a Rangers cap appeared to answer. I don't know. What would you do with the ball, Joe? If I'm him with all the money in the world. Yeah. Uh, I would trade it to judge. Will you trade it for judge for? I would definitely want. I mean, it depends on where you live now, but I would definitely want Yankees tickets. I would definitely want cleats. I would definitely want a bat that was signed by a judge, maybe even a hat. I mean, you, you pretty much can name your 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 price there. He's the vice president of a local branch of what's called Fisher Investments. Here's what you trade it for. I give you the ball, and when you get that new contract, <laughs> guess who you're going to be doing well, some investment work with? There you go. 
That's where you make your money. Ah, that's well played. A little commission <laughs> from go. Mr. Aaron Judge. As you said, the guy clearly doesn't need the money. And I'll go full Indiana Jones, look at the ball and say, it belongs in a museum. Because it does. It's history, right? But what kind of history are we talking about here? 62. Got it. That's one more than Roger Maris. Okay, cool. That's the American League home run single season mark. All-time Yankee single season mark. Babe Ruth is tied to this. It's not lost on me that a big part of why we're having this discussion is because of Yankees lore. There's a ton of Yankees fans. And they're based in New York, which is also the media capital of the world. A lot of what we like to watch is based out of New York, and it drives a lot of the conversation. So, yeah. I'm not breaking any ground here when I tell you that if Aaron Judge were an Anaheim Angel, well, I'm sorry, a Los Angeles Angel, dating myself, it's not going to get the same play. If he's a Mariner, is it getting talked about like this? No. no it's not. No. And that's okay to say. I think we all have to be honest about that when it comes to Aaron Judge. But what I didn't like and what I haven't liked throughout all of this is that we're picking and choosing what we're going to get excited about. We're picking and choosing how we phrase this conversation. And if you think this is just about Barry Bonds, it's not. It's also about guys like Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols, out of nowhere, with no lead-up in the grand national coverage of baseball, became the fourth person to hit more than 700 home runs. I think he ended at 703. A far cry from Ruth and Aaron and Barry Bonds. But still, he's the fourth guy to do it, hit over 700 home runs. And he's actually had a pretty decent resurgence this year. And I think, what, I think he had 24 home runs this year? Regardless, that just kind of happened. And it, it was like, oh, cool. Now let's get back to obsessing over whether or not Aaron Judge is going to get to 61 or 62. So, again, it's not just about Barry Bonds. It's getting caught up in a home run race, then taking a step back and realizing that this home run race that people have been breathlessly covering is for seventh all-time on the single-season home run mark. Congratulations, I guess. I'm not trying to be cynical about this. I'm just simply trying to put this in perspective and how that perspective seems to fly in the face of the way that it was covered. Is it as simple as, it's the Yankee who did it, therefore you get this coverage? Or is there something deeper going on here, Joe? I don't think it's just the Yankee. I mean, the you say seventh all-time, the, the six in front of them are all by guys who cheated. So is that what this is about? I, I think it's part of it. Are we ready to say that Aaron Judge hasn't cheated? I'm not ready to say that, but I, I think you can look at what he's been able to do in his career while he's still in his physical prime and at least with a straight face say, okay, mm -hmm. this is something that he's capable of. Well, he's capable of it. He's doing it later in his career. He's about to enter into his 30s. He's about to turn 30. And the Yankees... That's not later in his career. He's, but the Yankees bet against it. Sure. Because they looked at his injury history as well. He hasn't been you know, able to consistently do this. Obviously, he's out there all year this year, and he hits 62 home runs. But you know, when it comes to these types of things, it all is relative to the eras, and that's been my biggest argument when it comes to Aaron Judge and how things have been covered and how we rationalize one way of looking at things. You, you hit me with, uh, you're talking like a Sith. You tried to Star Wars me. I did. Like, I only talk in absolutes. I get where you're going with this, but I would actually point out it's the other Force users that you should be calling out. This is more of an Obi-Wan telling Luke Skywalker, well, well, wait a minute. 
You didn't tell me he was my dad. Well, from a certain point of view. Oh, it justified your argument. And that's kind of where we're at with Aaron Judge versus Barry Bonds. It's how we decide what to be moral about and what not to be moral about. It's all in selective rationalization. So you can get into the nitty-gritty about Babe Ruth, who hit his home runs before baseball was integrated. That's going to factor into pitching. You can bring up Roger Maris. I mean, Roger Maris got death threats. You had a commissioner of baseball who didn't want to acknowledge his 61. 61 with an asterisk. Why? Well, the 61 happened in 162 games in 1961, and it occurred after the American League had expanded from eight teams to ten teams, which diluted the pool. A lot of guys who were playing minor league baseball got called up because of the expansion, that they shouldn't have been playing baseball. It's also entirely possible, if you looked at the beginning of that season, Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris were the ones that were smashing home runs. Mickey Mantle ends up going out with a hip issue. Well, how did he get that hip issue? He got a shot. A shot of what? We don't exactly know. Interesting. And then, yeah, we got greenies. And we love to talk about steroids, but we love to gloss over greenies even more. I mean, we brought up Hank Aaron, admitted in his biography that he took greenies. Baseball is a grind. These little things helped you out. And it wasn't just relegated to the 60s and the 70s. And if you fast forward to today, where folks want to make this assumption that Aaron Judge is clean, I wouldn't assume that. I believe that's naive. As I mentioned earlier, he's entering his 30s. He's still in his prime, but he's not been healthy consistently. And the Yankees bet against that due to his history of injuries. I think low-key, the real story of what Aaron judged this season, we just witnessed one of the greatest FU contract years of our lifetime. Oh, oh, you didn't you don't want to give the beloved Yankee some money? Fine. I'll hit 62 home runs and I'll let you guys decide if the Mets are gonna take me away from you. Can you imagine if that happens? That would be crazy. <laughs> crazy. But here's the other but thing. It's not not implausible. It's though. not implausible. <laughs> but here's the other thing to consider too. We don't know what Judge's pharmaceutical regimen is. We're all living better through chemistry. I mean, hell, Joe, you do performance enhancers before every show by rolling on some sort of, like, neck thing, pain medication, right? We all, we all got sorts, all sorts of stuff that players back in the 60s never had, all right? Aaron Judge is afforded a world of scientific progress and understanding he's not sucking down heaters in the locker room. I'm pretty sure Roger Maris smoked three packs of cigarettes a day. I'd like to see Aaron Judge hit 62 home runs after smoking three packs of cigarettes a day. And like it, it, it ain't going to work that way. So we're making a lot of moralistic assumptions, and most of it comes down to who we like. Take David Ortiz, who was the first ballot Hall of Famer, despite coming out of the same era that we supposedly must view differently because of other PED users. David Ortiz, again... Someone who we can magically explain away his appearance in the Mitchell Report. So far that Rob Manfred did the same thing when he was getting ready to go to the Hall of Fame. And then there's the matter of actually hitting the home runs. And I've used this argument in the past. The biggest mistake that Lance Armstrong ever made with the Tour de France is that he shouldn't have denied that he was doping. He should have said, yeah, I'm doping just like the rest of this field. And I'm still better than these guys. I've won seven of these in a row. It's all relative to what you're dealing with. So, baseball, my overall, my overall view of baseball is that it's very, very hypocritical. It's arguably the most hypocritical sport we have in America. 
cheating is woven into the fabric of the game. You have to reconcile baseball's strange acceptance of pitchers who doctor the ball, where the only sin of doctoring the ball is if you make it too obvious. I forgot the pitcher's name off the top of my head, but I remember one time he had like glistening pine tar on his neck. And he was the the team they were facing, he was on them, and they knew he they knew, they knew he doctored the ball. But because he made it so obvious, they're like, all right, we got to call this out, right? And they were like almost embarrassed that they had to do it. So there's a very strange acceptance about this stuff. And we can't, we just cannot gloss over spider tech. We cannot gloss over the fact that there's a direct correlation to strikeouts with spin velocity or the fact that you had guys like Don Sutton or Gaylord Perry openly joke about doctoring the ball and they're in the Hall of Fame. It'll break your brain thinking about the amount of home runs that were not hit because of guys cheating on the mound. So baseball has this weird sliding scale of cheating that I've never been able to understand. Some of it is accepted. Some of it is not. Some of it breaks the fabric of the game. The other stuff is just kind of baked in. And the biggest thing that, I mean, baseball, to me, lost all standing when it came to its sanctimonious approach about cheating. You know when they lost it? When the Houston Astros were not forced to vacate a World Series. When Rob Manfred, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, decided to fine teams and suspend front office officials and not suspend a single player. The arguments were, well, there were too many people that were cheating a part of the scheme to suspend people. Why should that stop you? Well, they also said they wouldn't be able to get to the bottom of it if they couldn't get the honesty from the player or okay. the protection the, ah, from the players. Yes, yeah, so they had immunity. Well, wait a minute. If it's the sanctity of the game, why is why are people needing immunity in these situations? They were also afraid of the players union, too. Very much afraid of the players union. A pattern with baseball, yes. So you're telling me that Rob Manfred, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, couldn't suspend players who were part of a sign-stealing scheme that went beyond just kind of having a good eye? And actually retaliated and punished people who went after the Astros on the field. Remember, Rob Manfred said, you will be suspended if you go after the Astros. Somebody did. They got suspended. Make that make sense to me. So, 62 is really impressive. And it was fun in the grand scheme of things. And Aaron Judge has people talking about baseball, which is great for the game. However... If you're trying to beat me over the head with the nudge and the wink of the 62 and history and this and that and the, you know, ha-ha, real home run king, no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just not. I'm straight up not going to do that. And point out to you, based on baseball's own history, that Barry Bonds is actually the home run king you deserve. So are you ready for an expanded NCAA tournament field? I am. I have been, yeah. I was all in that one year where Shashevsky and uh, the guy from Notre Dame was like, "Yeah, man, let's let's invite everybody." The pandemic, year. the pan- Yeah, I was with you on that. Yeah, pandemic season, man. We have no idea. Let everybody play. Yep, make it work, right? According to Matt Norlander at CBSSports.com, the NCAA Transformation Committee introduces a concept that would expand fields in postseason tournaments. This is for all sports. In recent weeks, the committee, this is from Matt Norlander's story. In recent weeks, the committee has been informally tossing out a potential philosophical change to how some NCAA postseason tournaments could be configured. In Chicago last week, the committee co-chairs put forth to the other 31 commissioners representing the Conference Commissioners Association in person and for the first time, 
one tangible rule change that is in the rudimentary stage. That is to allow as much as 25% of a sports teams to be able to qualify for their NCAA bracket. In other words, it would mean that college basketball's 363 school population could have as many as 90 teams in the NCAA tournament if you go by the 25% rule. Now, I see where the NCAA is coming from on this because if you look at professional sports, there continues to be playoff expansion. Like, what's the percentage of baseball teams that are in the playoffs? It's getting close to 50. What's the percentage of teams that make the NFL playoffs? It's 50. It's 50. NBA, NHL, round 50. So, why? NBA is more than 50. Uh, it's 16 it's, and 30. It's, it's right. It's more now. So, the NCAA look, is looking at this going, well, I mean, we should probably keep it up. Now, there's subtle differences between the two uh, in, in terms of how many teams are in each respective leagues. But here's my question. Let's say, let's say you make it a 90-team field. I don't want to be on the committee. <laughs> how am I going to bracket that? Isn't it easier, though? No. You're pretty much inviting everybody at that point. No, but yeah, but where are you going to slot them? Oh, well, you know, that, that part of it does become more difficult. That's yes. the part that becomes difficult. How do you seed a 90-team field? properly it's a lot of games in dayton <laughs> yeah and they love it they're going and that's the thing for those who don't know if you've ever been to dayton for the ncaa tournament they ride for the ncaa tournament date man um i've been once and i was blown away by the way that that town gets around the ncaa tournament so that's something that was floated around today i'm not i mean at this point 68 90 what's what's it to me at this point but i do wonder they already have a hard enough time seeding the NCAA tournament. And also the other factor, too, is why do we have a conference tournament at this point? What's the ACC tournament at this point? Because teams that are playing on Tuesday could theoretically get in the NCAA tournament at that point. What are we doing here? So just just some things to consider in the grand scheme of things. If you missed it last night, Aaron Judge, 62. Here is Michael Kay on the call as Aaron Judge made American League history by surpassing Roger Maris. High fly ball, deep left. There it goes! Soaring into history! He's done it! He has done it! 62! Aaron Judge is the American League single season home run leader! BAL King! Case closed! You liked that last part, didn't you? I did. I really liked Michael K's close. Case closed. Love that. Aaron Judge, you know, I'll rise, all that other stuff. All right, so AL home run king stuff aside, the next debate around Aaron Judge is, is he just by default going to be the American League MVP? Is he baseball's MVP? Is it because of the 62 home runs? Or, or... Is there some actual meat on the bone here as to what Aaron Judge has been doing with the Yankees getting back in the postseason? Yeah, I don't look. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know all of the ins and outs of baseball's new numbers. Sure, sure, okay. sure. I would just say this to you: he he nearly won the triple crown, mm-hmm. right? He was the most important player on the Yankees team, particularly when everyone in August and early September were injured for the Yankees, kept them as a first place team. Okay, easily, yeah. 60 home runs doesn't come around very often, regardless of where the, there's an asterisk or a juice or not. That just doesn't happen often, right? The name of the award is the most valuable player. So while Shohei Atani has been described as a unicorn because he pitches and he plays his position, the, the Angels finished 35 games out of, out of 
first place. And we're not even close to the playoff race. So what value does Shohei Atani have? But the internet tells me, Joe, I do believe in war. Mm. Wins above replacement, right? Uh, Aaron Judge, total war, 11 and a half. It's actually almost two points higher than Otani. And Otani, has a, just as a batter, is 3.9, his war rating. Yeah. So, And nobody's really close. No, I'm with you on that. Nobody's really close. Statistically. This is this is the one that always made sense to me. Statistic- Wins above replacement. Basically, if we put a jabroni in your spot, they would be zero. We're putting you in the spot. It's 11. Yes, and there's all sorts of other metrics that allow you to see how Aaron Judge is valuable. So if he wins the MVP, yeah. It's not because he's a Yankee. The dude's just been producing.